You're listening to Made for Living Well, episode number 244. And today is the first podcast in a new series called Health Reimagined. Yes, today I'm giving you the biggest tip that I could give you in life and health and all things that can really make a world of difference. It's gonna combine your mind, body, and soul into one thing, and it really will transform your life. And I know that's a lot to say in one podcast, but I'm coming in swinging in the new year because this really does matter. And I want you to stay tuned because it will blow your mind. This is the Made for Living Well podcast, hosted by Alexa Sherm, the place to create a life well-lived. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, my name's Alexa. And this is the home of Made for Living Well, the place where I truly and wholeheartedly believe that health is inside of you. It's not another thing you have to chase down or find or jump on another system or program, investing your entire life into at the expense of the thing you're chasing after. Like that is not health. And I want to break those societal norms and get back to the intended design of the body. And that is health. Yes, health is inside of you. And today I want to start off a new podcast series called Health Reimagined. And honestly, the idea with Health Reimagined came from the traditional view and methods that we often see in the health space of another system and another program and like another supplement regimen. If we could just find the one thing that's going to work, everything in our life would be fixed. But the reality is that doesn't happen. We're going to dive into some of the research that shows that, although we're not going to get into that much because I really want to focus on what will change this. Like if it's not the system, then what will? And today I have that answer. And it's the first podcast of the series of eight different lessons in health that I think are foundational and transformative in the way that we live. Like if we can take these eight podcasts and really digest them and and start to implement them in your life, you're going to see a lot of great changes this year. And you're also going to be able to live life in the process of that, which is my entire passion and mission here at Made for Living Well, believing that health is not something that you have to live for, but it's the tool to live your God-given design. It's the tool to go out and live your purpose and to do all of the things that you were created for. And I want us to stop missing that and chasing something that we were never intended to chase because here's the deal, health is inside of you. So welcome to the first podcast and Health Reimagined. Today, we're going to redefine health and we're also going to talk about the two minds because this is really important in helping you to understand how do I do the things I know I should? Or maybe better said, why can I not do the things that I know I should? I get that question so often of like, I've tried everything and nothing works. I try to do the right thing. I wish for the right thing. And yet I can't get myself to do it. So today we're going to reshuffle the deck. We're going to break the old foundation that we built on health practices that just don't work. And we're going to build a foundation and identity and health that will sustain you for life. Because I believe it's time to do something different. We can't keep chasing the old version of health that hasn't worked, that's been studied and proven not to work. Instead, it's time to do something different. And really, it's time to stop wasting so much energy and life chasing a version of health that isn't there. 
So today we're going to redefine health, but before we get there, I just want to remind you of a few things as we kick off the new year. One, you can always find all of the show notes and additional information that goes along with every podcast at The Living Well. I don't just put show notes over there and transcriptions of the show, but I actually get into more detail and more action steps that you can take and use in your life. So today over at the blog, we're going to talk more about the idea of the two minds and really how to use your observing mind to your advantage. Choosing action, not just for instant gratification, but for longevity. So head on over to The Living Well, where you can find that, as well as many other articles that will help you along in this journey of living out of the whole of who you are. Like not chasing a new version of you, but living out of the real version of you. So head on over to thelivingwell.com to learn more. And while you're there, the big thing that I don't want you to miss is sign up for the weekly fill. Now I know you don't need another newsletter in your inbox, but you need this newsletter in your inbox. Because the weekly fill is designed to remind you of the longevity of health that you are capable of living. It's not another series of systems or steps that you have to follow, but it's really just getting back to the root of who you are, creating an identity based in who you were made to be. And part of that is you were made for living well. So sign up for the weekly fill where I give you all the juicy details about my own health journey, big things that I'm learning lately, and some fun finds that have helped me along the way. So head on over there. You'd never know what you're going to get, but it is an amazing community where we can start to have an open conversation with one another to spur each other on in this journey of living well. So head on over there, sign up for the weekly fill and share it with your friends and family. It makes all the difference. I'm planning big things on the podcast this year because I'm believing big things for you. And I hope that you'll share this with other people who are like-minded and want that support and encouragement that you have right here at Made for Living Well. So go sign up and share it with your friends and family. Okay, but for now, let's get back to today's podcast. And the first podcast in the series called Health Reimagined, and we're starting at the foundation. And I'm just going to come out and say, like, I think the one of the leading root causes of our health problem today is not that health isn't important. It absolutely is. It's a critical foundation of life, right? Like without our health, we can't truly live out our purpose. So we need health. But perhaps the problem is not in the idea of health, but in the definition of what we've made health to be. I started thinking about this definition a long time ago. In fact, um, as I'm working on a writing project and some new things, I really started to study, like, what is the definition of health? Like, what have we set as that bar, as that goal? And I think that we can look at the world and think, like, okay, we've set the bar as a certain size or a certain number in your blood work, or um, we, you know, we have all of these standards But I really wanted to know, but what is that definition? Like what, how do we define health for people as, as a society and in cultures? What does that look like? So I went to the computer and started Google searching it. And obviously I got on PubMed for all of my science buffs out there and really started to look up like, what is the definition of health? And ironically, there's not that many studies or articles that come out and accurately define health. Most articles just get to the conclusion that we should have a definition of health, but they fail to define it for themselves. And I thought that was so ironic in the health space of like, there's a world of people chasing down some definition of health that the diet industry has set, 
But when we really look at the foundational components of how health is defined, it's really absent. Like there's not a lot of solid research or solid ideas that point people in the right direction. Which means this entire world and generation of people who are seeking something that the diet industry has put out that maybe isn't an accurate picture of health is just chasing their tail when they'll really never achieve it in the end. So as I studied this, I I thought like, we can't possibly not define health, right? On some level, we have to know what we're looking for, what we're chasing, what we're running towards. That's like any good goal, right? We have to know what it is we're looking for. And so I kind of continue to do my research and I I put out this survey a number of years ago and, and I really just wanted to ask like, how do you define health? And I think this is good for you to do too, like writing down on a piece of paper, how do you define health? What would you define health as? Like, let's just start with your foundation. What do you label health as? What is the outcome? What is the goal? What are you chasing after? What is that ideal? Write out your own definition. And and for me, as I started to study this, I started asking other people, like, what is your definition of health? And what I found was that health was more than what I think we intend for it, right? Like, yes, you might write down a number on the scale or finishing that 5K or um, drinking a certain amount of water every day or eating so many vegetables. But really what I started to find in the, in the responses was that health was more than just kind of this destination. It was more than just an outcome. Health was a feeling, People wanted to experience a sense of lightness. They wanted to feel energized. They wanted to feel free. They wanted to feel strong, right? Like it really came down to a feeling. And as I was starting to think about that, I thought so often in our health culture, we've defined health as some specific outcome, which has created this endless chase, right? Like we've made health a destination, which means that the entire process of getting healthy is nothing more than a frustration until you've arrived. And I thought, how wrong is that? How how wrong and how frustrating and overwhelming and no wonder no one sticks to it when health is nothing but a set point on a map. Discounting all of the things that you did leading up to that point when you hit that destination. No wonder so few people actually achieve a state of health. Because it feels nearly impossible, and it is impossible to stay there long term. Of course, the research shows why health doesn't work, right? Like why dieting is faulty and why nearly 100% of people who start a program will eventually end up right where they started. Because the definition is faulty. Not you. It's not your laziness or lack of self-control or, or whatever people have labeled you. It's not you. It's the definition. It's the foundation in which we've been told to reach that has caused so many people to stumble and fall and live frustrated and stuck and overwhelmed sitting in their own failure. But here's the deal. And here's what I want to tell you. While the world has created a definition of health that has made your body the problem, I'm here to tell you that couldn't be further from the truth. So today I want to rip up that old definition of health, and I want to start to help you this year build a new foundation on truth, and a foundation that can be rooted deep down into the core of who you are, taking the inner inward parts of who you are and allowing them to be expressed outwardly. 
Like we're not just here to change the outward appearance of who you are, but to healthify the whole of who you are. And that starts by getting rid of that old faulty definition that has labeled you the problem and held some external destination that you have to achieve. Here's the deal. Health is not that. It's not a destination. It's an action. And so as you go back to the definition, or maybe I should tell you, let's go back to the definition that you wrote down. What are some of those things that you want to achieve in the health space? Maybe you wrote down, I want to get to a certain size, or I want to hit a certain number on the scale, or I want to run that 5K. I'm not saying any of that is wrong, but it's not motivating enough for you to actually do something to create that. But what is motivating is recognizing the daily action that is health that will eventually produce that outcome. Maybe better said, if we just go back to that definition, I want you to start to take those destinations that you've written down about health, and I want you to start to transform those into action. Like what can you do right now in the moment today that will actually help you to achieve whatever destination you set out to do. Again, it's not to say that the destination is wrong, but we have to stop labeling the destination as health itself because it's not healthy. What is healthy is all of the little things you do along the way to achieve that destination. It's not just completing the 5K, it's every day you woke up and you moved your body and the way that you hydrated yourself afterwards and the healthy breakfast that you ate to refuel yourself when you got home from the morning run. It's the way that you showed up for yourself. That's what health is. It was the action. It was the showing up. It was the living out of. That is the definition of health. And here's the kicker. We all have the ability to live that out because health is inside of all of us. I know the worldly definition has made it seem like not all of us are capable of achieving health or that health is for the privileged or for the people who have it all together or the people who live a less stressful life or have more resources. Here's what I want you to know. No one is too far gone and health doesn't have to cost you a thing. It's not about your resources. It's not about who you are around. It's about what you do. And what you do comes back to what do you think about yourself? Like what is going through your mind? It's always a full circle approach. So this year, I want to rip up the foundation that health is a destination. And I want us to start laying a foundation that health is an action. It's showing up in the everyday. It's showing up right now and then showing up again in the next minute and the minute after that, and the hour after that. It's just being here in the present moment, doing the next best thing that you can. That is what health is. Will you fail? Absolutely. But the failure will no longer suffocate you if you live as if health is an action. Here's the problem. Health in its old definition as a destination has created this big gap in our life, this gap between where we currently are and where we think we need to go. And it's going to take a lot to scale that gap, right? That's why diet programs are so intense and why they seem to suck your entire life into this. Because there's this like Grand Canyon sized gap that you have to figure out how to get yourself across to achieve that thing that you've been reaching for. It's created the separation in who you actually are with where you think you need to go. In a way, it's, it's creating this thought that you need to disassociate with who you actually are to become someone else. 
But that couldn't be further from the truth and that will only leave you spinning in a direction that will leave you frustrated and feeling like a failure. Health today has been like someone tightrope walking across the Grand Canyon. One wrong movement creates an epic failure. And I feel like that's what the diet industry has led us to believe. You have to tightrope walk your way to the other side and one wrong move, one failure will set you all the way back to the beginning. It's over, right? But that's not what health is. It's not a tightrope rock across this gap, but it's about recognizing that where your two feet are is exactly where you need to be. And that's the place that you need to start to live out of. You're not going to move forward by tightrope walking your way across the Grand Canyon. You're going to move forward by being able to scale the Grand Canyon on your own two feet and doing it with joy and happiness. And that is what I want to teach you this year, that health is not here to create your happiness, but your happiness will create health inside of you. And we have every ability to live that out. So this year, I want to get rid of the gap. I want to get rid of this separation between who you are and who you think you need to be and truly just start to live out of who you are and live that out in the way that you were designed in health with energy to live your God-given purpose. Now, I know that sounds really great, but I really do think one of the most beneficial things that you could do to start the year, and something that I do quite often, is I just go back and I analyze, what is it that I want to feel? Because what you're after more than a destination is a feeling. We've just been led to believe the destination will produce the feeling, that losing the weight will make you happy, that losing the weight will make you more noticeable, that losing the weight will give you more power whatever it is that you're looking for, right? I want us to really to write those things up. Are you looking to feel stronger? Are you looking to feel lighter? Are you looking to feel happier or more joy-filled? Are you looking for less anxiety? Are you looking to break free of your depression? Here are some thoughts that I want you to think about. What could you do right now that would help you to feel that way? If you want to feel stronger, what's one thing today that you could do that's going to make you feel stronger? Maybe it's completing the hard project. Maybe it's having the hard conversation. Maybe it's doing the hard workout just to prove to yourself that you are capable of doing hard things and those things make you stronger. If you want to feel more flexible, put on a yoga video and start doing some yoga moves. Do five minutes of stretching before bed and when you wake up in the morning. If you want to feel lighter, maybe you eat foods that help you to feel lighter. Take action and the things that you want to feel, and that action over time will always produce the destination you've reached, but without the gap. It's really amazing at how this works, and and it really just starts with understanding that health is inside of you. So take some time as we start this year and write up what are the things that you're looking to feel? Like what is it that you're looking to achieve? And start creating those action steps that are going to make you feel that way. And then really pay attention to how you're feeling because it's the feeling that's going to create the desire that will make you continue. Or on the flip side, that feeling will create the frustration that will make you want to run away from it. So we have to be careful about how we experience a feeling or what perception of feeling we're experiencing when we complete the activity of health. 
For instance, if you want to feel stronger and you're going to pick up some, you know, workout, maybe you're going to download the Peloton app, which is one of my favorite workout apps, um, or you're going to buy the guide. I have a workout guide on my website that you can do this, right? Like where you can do the workout. Now, maybe normally in the past, your view of health has been like, okay, I'm only working out to lose the weight. This is so common. That's a really frustrating place because if you wake up every morning and you have that motivation to lose the weight and you continuously step on the scale and day after day after day, you're not seeing any change in weight loss, the feeling of that workout because it's hard and it takes discipline and it makes you tired is not going to lead to you feeling more energized or stronger. It's going to make you feeling like frustrated and like a failure and looking at your body as a problem. So we have to transition that. We have to start to change our perspective of that, to realize in the workout that you're not doing that for weight loss, but you're doing it for the feeling, right? You're doing it to experience something. And when you start to shift that, you become less focused on how you look and you become more focused on creating an experience that will make you feel the way that you want to feel. And I promise you, you will be amazed at the energy that you have that you didn't have before to make it through the hard workout and not just make it through the hard workout, but actually desire to wake up and do it again and again and again. And I say this from experience, from someone who used to own a gym and believed that you had to beat your body into submission. I hated the act of working out. I hated doing those things because the the way that I was working out made me tired and exhausted and frustrated. And I just didn't see the results that I wanted to see. And I thought the only way to see those results was to beat my body more. But now that I've shifted my view to see health, not as a means for how I can manipulate my body, but how I can utilize my body and unleash the energy inside of my body, working out is actually incredibly enjoyable. It's one of the highlights of my day because it does make me feel really good. And I would tell you that, yeah, I'm probably not pushing my body in the same way, but on the flip side, I feel a whole lot stronger with a lot less work and energy. So it is a beautiful thing, but it comes from changing your perspective, which is really what I want to dig into today. And I know that we're already like 25 minutes into this and you're like, hold up, that is enough for today. I want to leave you with one more thought that I want to keep coming back to over and over and over throughout this series and throughout this year. Because while we can see that health is an action, we have to go back to how do we produce the action or how do we choose the right action? Maybe better said, right? Because we can have all of the right thoughts in the world, all these good ideas, but how do you actually get yourself to complete the idea that you know you should? How do you get yourself to do the things that you want to do? That is what I want to talk about. Because our mind's a tricky place. No matter how much you want something, no matter how much you crave it, sometimes your thoughts alone are not healthy enough to produce that. And just changing your thoughts doesn't work. And yet at the same time, just trying to force new thoughts on your brain doesn't always work either. There's a step in the process of thinking yourself well that really is a game changer. And again, if you listen to no other podcasts, this can transform your life. And it's the idea of the two minds. Now, this is pretty new to Western medicine. It's not new, however, to Eastern medicine. So you might've heard this in many different ways, or maybe you've never heard it before. 
I wanna bring it to your attention in a way that really makes sense for me and really has helped transformed a lot of my health and my belief systems in the last six months. And I think as the year progresses, as I do this work with you, it's really gonna change a lot of things in the coming year. So this is the idea of the two minds. Now, to understand this idea, I want you to take a minute and close your eyes. Now, if you're driving, don't close your eyes, but do this later. Like just close your eyes and commit to not thinking about anything for the next 30 seconds. Hit pause and then come back after the 30 seconds is up. Because I'm terrible with filling space, I don't have the ability to wait 30 seconds for that process. So hit pause and then come back when you're done with 30 seconds. But in that 30 seconds, think about nothing. Okay, now that you're back, I want to know, how did it go? Like, how did it go thinking about nothing? More than likely, you didn't think about nothing. If you're like most people, you thought about a lot of different things and you try to stop yourself from thinking about things, which only made those thoughts grow in their power, right? Like it almost made it worse, not better. And that's the power of your mind, right? The power of the constant chatter. This constant chatter is actually completely normal and common. It's how your brain works. It's in a constant state of movement and it's made to chatter. It really never stops. Even in the act of meditation and training yourself to let it stop, most of the time it's not an act of actually stopping those thoughts, but it's transforming those thoughts or changing those thoughts to think about greater things or better things. I mean, even when our minds are sleeping, while our thoughts change to more of an imaginary, um, hallucinogenic state, you're still having thoughts. And this is the power of the thinking mind. This is different than the observing mind, which watches the thinking mind and really creates the action out of the thinking mind. Now, again, if we go back to the thinking mind, the thinking mind is unique in that it's not easily controlled or it's not completely controlled by us. There are a lot of processes that happen inside of our thinking mind that are outside of our control, like the active emotion, right? Our emotions really are outside of our control. Our perspective of those emotions absolutely is not. But what's actually happening inside of our thinking mind is not generally in control. It's why just thinking yourself well doesn't generally work because we don't actually have enough control over our thoughts to really be able to change them at least long-term. Your thinking brain is also always thinking. It's always chattering. And if we're not careful, it will drag you around and get involved in things that aren't helpful. It's like fear, right? Like we know fear is not helpful, But the more we let our thinking brain go and we fuse that with our emotions and our observing brain, it tends to just get involved in more and more fear. It's the spiral, the anxiety spiral, the depression spiral, the fear spiral, the negative spiral. All of these spirals are because of our thinking brain dragging us through the mud when we don't adequately know what to do with it. So some of the things that have been known about our thinking mind is that it likes to judge, it analyzes, it reasons, it constructs scenarios, it tells stories, it attempts to make sense of things. And again, it's always working. Now, when we look at that against our observing mind, our observing mind doesn't do any of those things. It simply 
watches the thinking mind. Now, the problem with this picture is that when we don't fully understand the thinking mind and the observing mind and what to do with them, our thinking mind becomes the controlling response of the body, meaning our thinking mind is going to create the action. And often that action is birthed out of these negative thoughts and emotions and judgments that our thinking mind likes to fixate on. Because the natural tendency and the natural pull of all of humans is more negative than positive. At least that we've been conditioned since childhood. Yes, this can change, and that's what we're here to talk about. But that's the natural pull, the natural tendency of humans is to have these more negative thoughts, negative emotions floating around that becomes the controlling aspect of our life. That's why diets often lead to feelings of failure, because our thinking mind allows us to fixate on the problem, the negative things about the diet, the discipline and the hard things, rather than on the benefit and the long-term approach. You could say the thinking mind is more of that instant gratification of it likes to it likes to feel well right now. And it also likes to be very cautious and overly dramatic. So we have to learn how to deal with our thinking mind and really separate our thinking mind from our observing mind. Because our observing mind is really the ticket to mental freedom, the ticket to health, the ticket to transforming your life is being able to observe your thinking mind changing the perspective of it, or shifting what energy you give to what. Because if we don't do this, we'll continuously give our energy and our thoughts to those negative thoughts. Let's go back to the exercise that we did with the 30 seconds of thinking about nothing. And let's try something else this time. Just like we did before, I want you to pause this podcast and take 30 seconds. And this time, instead of trying to force yourself to think about nothing, observe what it is that you're thinking. And if you can, try to let those thoughts go. Okay, hit pause and then come back when you're done. Okay, you should have done the exercise and I would love to know what you're thinking. What I hope that you realize is that when you start to observe what it is that you're thinking, you actually gain control over those thoughts. Now, not just to change your thoughts, but the act of observation allows you to understand them and then act accordingly. So if you were able to let go of those thoughts, more than likely you were able to process through that that thought doesn't serve me or that's not something I need to think about and I'm going to let it go. Your thinking mind is like your little child. It's like uh, a little kid that's constantly running rampant, chasing the squirrel, like a dog chasing a squirrel, right? But your observing mind is more of your adult healthy self. This is the one that can adequately make decisions and wisdom rather than just being reactive. Just understanding that exercise, just learning to be observant of what it is that you're thinking actually creates more control. And that is what we need to learn to do, to activate our observing mind or to defuse our thinking mind and our observing mind. Now, honestly, it's the fusion of these two things that creates the most psychological stress and emotional stress in our life. The fusion of the thinking mind and the observing mind is one of the leading reasons that so many people are in a chronic state of stress, that we're just sitting in the sympathetic state and we're unable to create the changes that we want to. Why? Because our minds are constantly looking for instant gratification. They're constantly living in this overly dramatic state and they're making poor decisions because you feel like you have no control when you actually have a lot more control. It's just not over your thoughts. 
but how you observe and process through those thoughts. Basically, it's not to say that you have control over what you think, but the energy in which you give those thoughts. And the energy that you give those thoughts greatly transforms them. So we have to stop this idea that you can just think yourself better because your thoughts are really out of your control. You can't just stop feeling the things that you feel. You can't just stop your emotions. It's impossible. It's against human design. And you can't just control your thinking out of them. All of this is normal. It's everyone struggles with the negative thought spiral. I'm not here to say like, okay, we could just stay there then or justify that or like enable you to be negative. But I want you to know that you can stop feeding them. And when you stop feeding them, while you might still have those thoughts, if you're not giving them the energy they need to become something, then they really do kind of go away or you move on to the next thought. And I think this is really powerful. At least it was really powerful in my healing. Because what I had to learn is that for so long, I tried to escape all of the things I hated. I tried to escape the pain. I tried to escape what it is that I hated about myself right now. And when I realized in the act of trying to escape where I am by chasing something else, what I was doing was only reinforcing the negative things that I hated about myself. I was giving the negative thoughts, the things that I hated, the problems, the feelings that I didn't like, the energy, which never allowed them to leave. Because what you give energy to grows. So if you fixate on the anxiety, it's never going to go away. It's always going to be there. If you fixate on the fact that you think you're fat, you're always going to be fat. Why? Not because you're not capable of something else. Not because you're not capable of breaking free of the anxiety or breaking free of being fat. But simply because you've allowed that thought to grow and that thought has become your action. It's created your way of life. You can't think you're fat and not actually be fat, right? Like those two things don't go hand in hand. You think you're fat, so you act accordingly. You eat the things that you know you shouldn't because it aligns with the thought that you're having and the thought that you're feeding that you're fat. But if you change that perspective and you change the wording to help you understand that while you have those thoughts, that doesn't mean you are those thoughts, it takes the power away and it gives the power back to you. It stops allowing your mind, to, your mind to control you and it allows you to control what it is that you feed in your mind and the perception and the action you take out of your mind. And the way that we do this is we stop attaching ourselves to our thoughts. So you have the thought, but you are not controlled by the thought, which means that while you might feel fat, you are not fat. While you might feel angry, you are not angry. So instead of saying, my life is so chaotic, you start saying, I feel like life is chaotic right now. You see, it's not a definite infinity kind of thing, but it's a short-term change that we can actually accomplish. Rather than it being a belief statement, it becomes a feeling and the feelings we can work with. So what you have to do is you have to learn how to observe your thoughts, your thinking brain, and then decide how you want to act. The truth is your emotions are just simply not a choice, but your perception and behavior is. Meaning that even while you feel this way, it doesn't mean you have to act that way. While you feel fat, you don't have to act as if you're going to maintain 
the act of being fat, but you can start to change the action to change the way that you wanna feel. You can say, while I feel fat, you can start to shift, but I know I can feel lighter. While I feel frustrated, I know I can feel peace. While I feel insecure, I know I can find security. So we start to shift those thoughts, shift the train of view, shift the energy from the negative to the positive, and the positive creates a healthier action. I know this is a big topic, but I really hope it's sinking in because this, this can change so much. And it simply starts with the act of observing. With paying more attention to your observing mind, or some people call this sitting in the witness seat, just taking moments to observe what is going through your mind and understanding, is this aligning with where I want to go? Does this actually support the life I'm trying to create? Does this support the belief in who I am? Does this align with who I am as a child of God? If it's a no, Stop giving those things attention and shift your perspective, which shifts your focus. So you have to start to observe and act accordingly. And you observe by not letting your thinking mind control you, which means you have to observe it. The only way to stop it from controlling you is to start to understand what it's thinking without believing everything it thinks. And then start to diffuse yourself from your emotions and your thoughts to realize that while you're having those things, you are not those things. And then act despite what it is that you're feeling. You see, we've become a generation and a people who are really good at acting out our feelings. And yes, feelings are important. And I don't want to diminish any sense of how it is that you want to feel. But we have to be careful because if we don't do this, we'll live in this victim mindset. That while yes, it might feel powerful, you're actually only hurting yourself. The victim mindset hurts no one but ourselves. And I personally have loved the victim mindset for a long time. I always say like I'm addicted to pain. I'm a maker of my own misery. And in many ways, that feels like home to me. So this has been a really, really challenging process for me. Not to think of myself as less than or, you know, just a problem or a product of other people's problems, but to really to stand up and to take control of my life to transform it in the way that I believe I was created for and not live based on what other people told me I am. And this has come from realizing that while I feel certain ways, I don't have to act according to those ways. That while I feel it, I don't have to become it. I don't have to let the feelings be my controller. But if we don't change this and we allow our feelings to control us, then yes, we're always going to circulate back into, why can I not do the things I know that I should? Because every good thing, every change, even the best change always comes with a level of resistance. Even the greatest things in the world are going to be hard to achieve. Discipline, while positive and good and favorable, is hard, right? Good things are hard. And if we let our feelings rule the day, then you will always hit snooze and and sleep through that workout. You will always skip the healthy breakfast for the donut, right? Like if you let your feelings control you, your cravings will get the best of you. You will come home and eat the pint of Ben and Jerry's because you feel like you deserve it. If our feelings are in control, they will always lead us to a path of disaster. But if we start to understand our feelings and become aware of them, and transform those feelings or or change those feelings or act according to how we actually want to feel, 
It's not to say that we get into a state of not feeling or overriding those negative feelings, but we actually are able to control them to feel something better. You see, when we let our feelings control us, we actually have no control at all. But when we sit in the seat of the witnessy or the observer, we start to realize that while we're feeling a certain way, we don't have to stay stuck in those feelings. We have every ability to change how we want to feel. And changing how we want to feel comes from choosing a different action. So that we can start to see that, yeah, waking up for my morning workout is hard. Hitting snooze would be super easy and it would make me feel really good right now. But when we are an observer, we can recognize that while we might feel really good in this moment, over the course of the entire day, I'm going to feel better if I actually just wake up. Because your observing mind or your wisdom mind is able to help you see beyond the instant gratification of whatever your feelings are trying to get you to do that isn't actually going to align with where it is that you want to go. Basically, the way to get unstuck is to stop listening to your feelings and start listening to the wisdom that's going to drive you into a place that is going to help you feel the way that it is that you want to feel. (laughs) This is a lot, but it is so powerful. We have to make friends with the observing wisdom mind and realize that yes, it's not going to feel great right now, but we have to stop letting our feelings, our current feelings, become a means of instant gratification. And we have to let our wisdom, our observing mind, take us into a place of making decisions based on longevity. And you will always feel better. Even if your thinking mind is trying to stop you right now and say, hold up, she's crazy. She's lost her mind and don't believe a word she says because your thinking mind might be really threatened by this conversation because it likes to have control. Because as long as your thinking mind has control, it can do whatever it wants. But that's a dangerous place. That's a place that many of us have lived for a long time and have gotten nowhere, except to the same place year after year where we're still stuck making resolutions that we know won't work. I say no more. I say it's time to like confront that thinking mind to say that I know that you're feeling very threatened right now. I understand that you feel like you're losing control, but for both of us, for the energy and the whole of who we are, this is for the best. Me imparting my wisdom over my thinking mind so that in the end, my thinking mind doesn't have to sit in the spiral of negativity and drama, but it actually can start to be transformed into seeing more good in the world. And that's how we change our mind. We don't change our mind by just imparting new thoughts. We change our mind by observing the thoughts that we're having and starting to help ourselves create action that will help us to feel a different way. It's by choosing what we invest our energy into. And that is what we have to do this year. To realize that you are going to feel all of the things that you feel, but those feelings no longer have to control you. Your emotion is not a choice, but your perception and your behavior is. So instead of trying to figure out how you're going to deal with your weight problem or deal with your fear and worry, what you're going to realize is that you're going to start to deal with your fear and worry by dealing with your fear and worry. You're going to deal with your weight problem by dealing with your weight problem. Like you're not going to try to escape it, grow full circle around it, or try to, you know, just fix yourself to another extreme but you're actually going to deal with it by observing it and then acting accordingly. Here's the deal. When you fuse yourself with your thinking mind, there is no separation between your emotions and your identity. 
You take it at face value and you become a slave to your thinking mind. Instead of identifying with your thoughts, it's time to acknowledge them. We all produce excessive negative emotions involuntarily. Like this is not going to change. No matter what you do, negative thoughts and emotions are a natural process of the human brain. But what can change is the energy you invest into it and the action you take out of it. So here's what I want you to do. Just like we did in the exercise for 30 seconds. When you have thoughts, especially negative thoughts, I want you to become aware of them. Acknowledge them, not necessarily accept them, but acknowledge them and then diffuse yourself from them. See yourself outside of those things and then act despite them. Let's use an example of like cravings, for instance, right? Like you're going to realize in the afternoon, life has been stressful. You've already failed your resolutions. Things are overwhelming. Life is chaotic. All of those things you're telling yourself. But instead of letting yourself just say like, well, I'm just going to eat the things because it doesn't matter. Instead of giving into your cravings, I want you to stop and say, I acknowledge that I'm feeling the need to crave these foods because I'm feeling overwhelmed. But just because I feel overwhelmed does not mean life is overwhelming. You're going to start to acknowledge them and then separate yourself from them. And you're going to start to tell yourself a different story. You're going to start to rewrite this narrative and say, life may feel overwhelming, but I have every ability to start to take control of it. Today may be a hard day, but eating that thing is not going to help. And instead, I'm going to do something that is going to help. I'm going to walk by my coworker's candy. I'm going to skip the afternoon dessert. And I'm actually going to just, I'm going to make a smoothie that's going to fill me up. I'm going to grab a glass of water just to give myself some life. I'm going to go outside and take 10 minutes to soak in the sun and read a good book. I'm going to act according to how it is I want to feel, not what I'm currently feeling. And there is a difference. And you just repeatedly do this over and over and over and over. And your thinking mind is telling you that is very daunting and overwhelming and I have no time in the day to do this. I'm here to remind you, you don't have time not to do this. This will give you time because this will open up a flood of energy you have invested into a part of you that is not actually you. Instead, the act of living out of the real you is going to only come from the act of being able to diffuse yourself from what it is that you're thinking, from all the envious thoughts, from all the things people have um, put on you, from all the ideas the world has told you you should be, and help you come back to who am I and what am I trying to achieve in this life and acting accordingly. And to be honest, this isn't easy. It's a skill and a process. But the more you practice it, the more it becomes who you are. And it always starts with recognizing you have two minds. You have thoughts and you have emotions, but you are not those things. So when you feel a strong thought or emotion, I want you to disidentify with it and take possession of it, which means you have to change the language because language is powerful. And when you disidentify, it implies that they're temporarily and not permanent conditions. Meaning if you're feeling like you've gained some weight over the holidays or you're feeling bloated, instead of saying, I am fat, I want you to start saying, I feel heavy, I feel bloated, but it doesn't have to stay that way. Language is powerful. Recognizing it's temporary and not permanent allows you to take responsibility for them and recognize that you have every power to change them. And then the second thing is kind of crazy, but sometimes just thanking your negative emotions and thoughts 
can actually help you to overcome them. Because negative thoughts and emotions actually grow when we fear them. Fear gives them energy and it creates a biological process that leads us into the stress response that gives us adrenaline to focus on those negative things. It's this entire biological process. I know it sounds crazy, but the act of thinking those negative emotions can help diminish them. It's like recognizing them as, okay, I realize that what you've done for me has actually been helpful in the past. I can respect the way that you've protected me and saved me from many, many things. But right now, we're going to try something else. It's acknowledging them and thanking them forces you to accept them rather than fight them. Because as soon as we start to fight them, we give them energy by changing the entire biological structure of the body. And really, thanking them diminishes the power of those thoughts and emotions over time and helps you to take action despite them. Meaning those negative thoughts and emotions that you once hated that you've tried to escape for so long, if you start to think them and override them with positive things, those things start to diminish while the other positive beneficial things start to grow. Again, all of this takes practice. All of this is going to happen inside of your mind. None of it is very sexy. Definitely not as sexy as looking slimmer on the scale, but it will always lead to that if you do this work and you'll be able to stay there. And the best news of all is that you won't lose your life in the process of this, but you'll actually act out of this and have the energy to live your purpose, which is the whole point of life is living out your purpose. So this week and this month and this year, I really want you to get into the act of observing your mind observing what you're thinking and what you're feeling. And once you do this, you'll recognize how much control you actually have over the action that you take. No longer will you be looking for a life of instant gratification, but you'll be looking for a life that leaves a legacy. You'll no longer be a slave to your thoughts and emotions, but you'll be empowered to be self-disciplined and to do the things that you know you should, even if they're hard and even if they're complicated. Now you'll have the energy to actually complete them. And the funny thing is you'll feel more in control when you try to stop controlling what it is that you're thinking and you actually just start to take the action. And honestly, understanding the two minds and using the two minds is the single most important step in self-discipline. It is a step that will transform not just your health, but every action of your life. And again, I'm gonna remind you over and over, it is a process. There's nothing quick about this, but it's something that's learned and it's a skill that's developed over time. So don't get frustrated by it, but continuously come back to it. You won't always remember. You'll for sure give into your cravings and act out of your emotions from time to time. But the more that you're aware of this, the more that you can change this. It always starts by awareness. And you can see how these two things start to come together. The act of creating a new definition about health and building a new identity comes from changing the foundation, from going back to recognize that just because you've thought it or you have the emotion towards it doesn't mean it's true. And when you can step outside of that, you can start to build a new foundation, a legacy that is going to change your identity to actually live out of who you are. And I think this is what's so powerful about health and maybe a change in thought is like, it's not just about getting yourself to think differently or escaping your thoughts altogether. What we know about the mind is it's always going to be chattering. Maybe the most important thing is what we allow our mind to fixate on. And that's the act of the observing mind. 
to recognize that maybe we've spent a lot of the last year or the last five years or 15 years or the last decade of our life fixated on things that are only tearing us down. And instead, what would change if we built an identity, if we started to fix our mind and our thoughts on things that build us up? Think of this is why the Bible tells us over and over to meditate on the word of God, to fixate our mind on bigger things. Perhaps it's even the antidote to anxiety. Like in Philippians 4.8, it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. We know what we think changes what we do. But the only way to change what we think is to observe it, to build a new identity in something so much greater than us, something so outside of us, and to live our purpose within that. You were created for more than just weight loss. You are worth more than another diet program. Your life matters, and I want to help you live that out this year. You are not fat even if you feel fat, and you are not angry, you just feel angry. Be careful what you give your energy to. And this year, let us fixate our mind on good things, on noble things, on righteous things, and let it transform our lives and our health and our energy and be amazed by that. This year, we're going to do things differently because we will choose our perspective and take responsibility for how we act and longevity, not instant gratification. So as I leave you this week, there's nothing more that I want is just to become friends with the observing mind, to separate yourself, to diffuse your thinking mind and your observing mind, and to recognize that while you think it, you are not it. And in the power of that, you have the choice to do what is right, regardless of how you feel. So do more of that. I would love to hear how it's going, um, the action that you take. If you want more specifics as it relates to health and life and living this out, head on over to thelivingwell.com where I share more details on using the observing mind to think differently. So head on over there at thelivingwell.com. If you love this show, please share it with your friends and family. Take a screenshot, leave it on social media, um, or send it an email and encourage your friends and family to listen and join this community who is here to do health differently. It is time. It is time to build a generation of people who use health to live their life, not live for health. And I'm so excited you're on this journey. So stay tuned in this series. It's an eight-part series where we're going to be breaking down eight life-changing health ideas that I think you need to know to start off the year. These are foundational truths that can really change your health for life. So stay tuned for that. The next series, just to give you a spoiler alert, because I'm so excited, is all on sexual health. Your mind's going to be blown. It's crazy. Anyway, stay tuned, head on over to The Living Well, and don't forget to sign up for The Weekly Fell, where I give you all the juicy details about living healthy. I believe in you, I'm proud of you, and I will see you back here next week.